Earlier this month, President Obama announced that he would send 100 military advisors to Uganda to aid in the effort to find Joseph Kony, the head of the Rebel Lord Resistance Army. Joining me now for a look at that mission and the challenges it will face are Nate Haken, who works on Ugandan conflict assessment issues, and Patricia Taft, who served as an advisor to the Ugandan government on its international criminal court case against the Lord's Resistance Army. They both work at the Fund for Peace, a nonpartisan organization that is working to prevent violent conflict and to promote sustainable security. And I'm pleased to welcome them to today's first underreported segment. Hi. I'm well. In in uh, last May, President Obama committed to help in finding Joseph Kony. Is this mission following through on on that commitment? Hmm. Uh, we hope so. Um, is it okay if I give a little bit of a background into this? Uh, of course. Okay. Well, this conflict goes all the way back to the beginning of current President Museveni's tenure. Um, in 1986, when he overthrew um, President Tito Akello, who was a northern Ugandan. And that triggered a whole series of insurgencies in the north, initially led by Alice Auma, who was a northerner and who believed she channeled the spirit of a uh, dead Italian soldier that she called Lequena. Um, and she inspired thousands to follow her um, virtually unarmed into battle against the uh, Ugandan troops. She gave them magic amulets that would protect them against the bullets. That's right. That's right. And she said that if they were to live pure lives, that they would be uh, immune to any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, danger in the, in the battle. Um, but in the end, she was, uh, she was defeated in 1986, um, or 1987, I believe it was, and her cousin, Joseph Kony, took up the cause. And he also claimed to be uh, a medium, um, channeling the Holy Spirit, but he never had the popular support that Alice, his cousin, did. So he resorted to um, abducting and terrorizing the very population um, that he claimed to be fighting on behalf of. So he would abduct children um, into his army and use them as child soldiers. Um, and he, he seems to uh, be a pretty awful person, and yet Rush Limbaugh uh, dismissed the president's uh, announcement as an attempt to get rid of the Christian Lord's Resistance Army. Is yeah, it a no, Christian army? No, no, that's, that's, that's quite ridiculous. Will, um, will Rush Limbaugh... Uh, grasp at any straw to go after Barack Obama? <laughs> Possibly. Um, I, I have talked to a couple of folks who met Joseph Kony, and they say that he's extremely charismatic, but in a very soft-spoken way. Um, they say that when he says something, you believe him, and people are, are terrified of the guy. They say that he has eyes in the sky, and so if you're a child soldier and you try to escape, he'll see your thoughts before you make your move, and then he'll get your best friend to kill you. I mean, he's, he's, he's really an, an, an evil, evil man. The 100 people who've been sent by the president are being called military advisors. How is that different from sending 100 troops to the country? Uh, these, are, these are people from the Army Special Forces, aren't they? They are uh, special operations forces, and um, it's different than uh, deploying, forward deploying uh, troops into, they, they will actually not be doing the fighting. What they are in charge of is basically coordination um, and helping the Ugandan military as, as well as the military from the Congo and South Sudan 
um, gather intelligence and provide logistical support and so on. The terrain that they are going to be operating in, the three armies, um, is, is quite treacherous, so uh, they need a high level of logistical support. So the, these are what the military advisors um, are supposed to be providing. So is this any different from the missions we've seen in other countries like Colombia, where the objective is to train the military? These, most of these, many of these officers, the Ugandan military, have received um, through various U.S. Uh, training programs, military training programs, they have received uh, training. Um, although to the extent of uh, how many of those officers are actually going to be used is, is quite unclear at this point. Um, but it, it differs a little bit from, from Colombia, where we certainly have a, a lot more of a vested interest in, in the Colombian conflict, obviously, stopping drug flow into the United States. Um, but this is, uh, this is something I think you mentioned in uh, the beginning of the, of the show. Um, this is a direct extension of the act that President Obama signed into law in May of last year um, called the LRA Disarmament Northern Ugandan Recovery Act, um, which does have a provision in there to, although it does not directly refer to military assistance, but does have a provision in there to provide assistance um, in, in, the cha- in the way of military advisors um, in order to eliminate the LRA threat in, in the region. This is something that Senator Feingold has championed um, quite aggressively. Well, is it uh, the, the goal to get Joseph Coney uh, to finally surrender so that he can be brought to trial? Um, you know, uh, again, I'm talking to folks who've, who've, who've met Joseph Kony. One thing they'll say is that he'll, he'll never surrender. He did. Um, there were peace talks and there were suggestions that he would surrender and lay down arms. Uh, that was, uh, what, three years ago? And since then, the, IRA, the LRA has killed over 3,000 people. So yeah, you're suggesting that diplomatic efforts will never succeed with a group like the LRA and, and someone like Joseph Coney? I think as far as uh, with Joseph Coney, there's very – part of the problem that the, with the peace talks, the Juba peace process that you're referring to that broke down a few years ago, um, part of the issue was that there's really not a lot of incentive for him to surrender. He is wanted by the International Criminal Court um, and, uh, and also by the Ugandan government. Um, uh, but there's very little. What what Nate was referring to earlier, as as far as the LRA having started as a kind of a, a religious movement and based on the Ten Commandments and so on, which is probably what uh, where Rush Limbaugh got his ideas. Um, based on the Ten Commandments and a Christian movement, it's, it's basically morphed into nothing more than really a mercenary outfit. And they've been hired at different, at different times by different you know, states in the region, different countries in the region, to be just that, mercenaries. Um, and so they're, it's very hard to negotiate with um, Kony when, when there's really nothing to negotiate with. So um, my assumption in this is that uh, there's a couple of pieces at play, including an amnesty law that Uganda currently has on the books, which, which might, um, might induce him to come out of the but um, none of that has been successful so, so far. So this is definitely one of the major uh, stumbling points as far as getting him to surrender. There's really nothing. There's no carrots and there's no sticks. My guests on today's uh, first underreported segment to look at the situation in Uganda are Patricia Taft and Nate Haken of Fund for Peace. This is WNYC, WNYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate. What happened during the failed 2008 Operation Lightning Thunder? Uh, 
Well, um, what generally tends to happen is that every time the military goes after Kony, the LRA then takes it out on civilian populations. Um, and this has happened over and over again. And this is the same thing that happened in 2008 in the beginning of 2009 um, with the failed uh, Lightning Thunder uh, uh, initiative. Um, there were uh, an, a number of, of, of problems with that. Um, one is it was very difficult to coordinate the international forces, the, uh, the Congolese, the Sudanese, and the Ugandan troops um, had a difficult uh, uh, time coordinating their, their efforts. The terrain is incredibly difficult, um, no roads, no bridges, um, dense jungle. Um, you know, the, the LRA are, are, are known to, uh, to walk barefoot through the, the, the swamp to uh, throw people off their trail uh, backwards. Um, and uh, again, uh, as, as Patty mentioned, there, there was no real incentive for Kony to surrender. And so um, what, what, what tended to happen was the Ugandan troops were so eager to, to engage the LRA that they didn't adequately allocate um, uh, personnel to protect civilians. Um, and so at, at the end of the day, they both didn't get Joseph Kony and the LRA, and they didn't protect the civilians. So it was really a, a disaster um, all the way around. And isn't it likely that the LRA isn't even in Uganda, that it's uh, either in Central African Republic or the Democratic Republic of Congo, or maybe even in Sudan? That's certainly true. I mean, it's it's pretty much assured at this point that there, the LRA has been um, fully pushed out of, of Uganda. When I left um, in 2010, there were, for all intents and purposes, no active LRA um, operations happening in northern Uganda. They are mostly, I believe, centered in um, Central Afri African Republic right now and Congo, uh, South Sudan. It's moved out of there a little bit more, obviously, with the, the peace process that's happened there. There's a lot more international attention and, and uh, folks in there, so it's not as easy for them to operate operate um, in South Sudan, but most certainly in uh, Democratic Republic of Congo and the Central African Republic. Now, in 2005, the International Criminal Court issued arrest warrants for Joseph Kony and other high-level commanders for crimes against humanity and war crimes. And, Patricia, you've advised the Ugandan government on its case. Has Uganda addressed the issue of who can receive amnesty as it pursues its case against Kony and the other leaders of the LRA? At present, um, it has not, as far as I am aware. I'm no longer actively involved in that um, in that case anymore. But part of the problem was that in 2000, Uganda did issue a blanket amnesty for all LRA fighters, and this was kind of in the beginning of the peace talks and sort of a good faith effort trying to trying to get them to come out of the the bush and and give give up arms. Um, and so they laid down this blanket amnesty law and, and created an amnesty commission and so on. Um, and there's been, to date, um, thousands, actually, of, of foot soldiers, more or less, uh, children, many of the abductees, who have come out and received amnesty. Um, but, of course, the amnesty also applies to, to the top leaders. Um, and at the same time, Uganda uh, also pursued a case, historically, the first government to actually take its, its own case to the um, International Criminal Court in The Hague, and these indictments, uh, these indictments were issued for Kony and four of his top commanders, two are dead. Um, and right now, there seems to be, as of the end of September, there's quite um, quite a bit of a, a controversy between the Uganda Constitutional Court, which is holding up the amnesty law and saying that um, you neither need to, need to amend it completely, and so no more blanket amnesty, or you need to actually list who gets it and who doesn't, and that's terribly complicated, um, or, um, you, you know, you need to... Uh, 
uh, grant these these folks amnesty. And so, um, as far as I'm aware, and from from what I've read, that is still a, quite a big problem within Uganda itself. Um, between their war crimes division in their high court and their constitutional court. Nate, your work has centered on weak states. How strong is the Ugandan government? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a, a complicated question. Um, Uganda is has, certainly has a lot of pressures on on its on its state and society. Um, there are uh, st- bad. Um, uh, uh, demographic pressures, um, food prices are very high, um, and and uh, there are a number of other pressures as well, social, political, economic, security-related uh, pressures on the state. However, um, Uganda is one of the stronger states in the region, um, and where the LRA is, is located is, is in, uh, right now, is in DRC, South Sudan, and, and CAR, and those are, are, are really uh, very much more fragile than, than, than Uganda is. Um, despite the recent uh, walk-to-work protests and uh, the instability that, 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 that occurred in Uganda um, in recent months there, it's, it's well, nothing compared to the other uh, states in the region. An opposition leader, Kiza Besigi, is uh, under house arrest for participating in anti-government protests, and this week the parliament voted to reopen debate on a bill making homosexuality punishable by death. So does that make it more difficult for some American politicians and people involved in human rights issues to support the Ugandan government in something like this? Um, Patty, maybe you can answer this better than me, but it would seem to me that uh, generally I think um, uh, politicians probably make a distinction between um, uh, supporting the, the Ugandan government in its efforts against the LRA and supporting some of these other uh, problematic areas um, in terms of human rights and democratization. The anti-homosexuality uh, bill and, and so on that was kind of uh, picking up speed when I was there was certainly causing a bit of a headache um, for the U.S. Embassy in, in Uganda, and as well as for um, several other countries who actually, um, I won't name them, but uh, they actually did threaten to withhold all funding and all aid from Uganda if that bill were to, were to pass. Um, so there's definitely tension there. Is the decision to send mili- <coughs> excuse me, military advisors to Uganda part of a stepped-up effort by the U.S. government throughout this part of Africa? I mean, it is a small-scale effort, uh, and and, uh, does that mean that uh, being small, it might actually just be less effective? I think that actually um, the way it was described to me by um, one of our U.S. military officers who was in Uganda at the time I was there is that Uganda is an island of of, of relative stability in in a sea of uh, chaos. And so I think it certainly supports um, a wider U.S. policy of of maintaining um, regional stability in in. Uh, Central Africa and also East Africa. Um, and Uganda is also a very important ally to the United States. Um, they've supported us in, in Iraq and, and, and several other missions. So I think that, and also just the scale of the atrocities. I mean, the LRA has been effectively operating for 25 years, and the scale and level of atrocities is, um, I, I think, has gained enough notoriety in, uh, in the United States, uh, similar to the situation in South Sudan a couple of years ago, that, um, that this now has become something that's also popular um, with, the, with uh, a portion of the U.S. population. So I think there's, there's pretty broad support for it. The State Department estimates that the LRA has displaced over 380,000 people across the region. Mm-hmm. How, can they be, how can they be that terrible? I mean, what are they, how can they have displaced so many people? 
uh, people just running in fear of them even when they're not around? Um, there's just it's just enormous terror. Um, they they're just so incredibly cruel, um, and I think that the Ugandans um, now, in some ways, you know, now they're having uh, they're enjoying relative security um, after what they experienced over the last 20 years. Now that the LRA has been pushed out of the country, um, and you know, they have no real faith, at least. I should say many of them have no real faith in the ability of the, of the military to take him out because they've seen this go on for so long, and they're just relieved that he's gone from Uganda and wish that folks would stop, in some ways, stop antagonizing him for fear of kicking a hornet's nest. Um, but, uh, you know, like you say, uh, uh, in the region where the LRA is currently um, active, um, it, it's, it's really uh, a lot of displacement, a lot of fear going on right now. What lessons can we learn from the recent U.S. involvement in Libya? Can what the president has called leading from behind be a successful strategy in a, a place like Uganda? Uh, go ahead, Patty. What, what do you think on that? Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely believe so. Um, I think that, obviously, as, as the current military operations in Iraq and Afghanistan have shown, quite a drain on, on resources and, and also um, United States uh, Basically, the population's uh, tolerance and and uh, interest in, in such mil long long military engagements um, is certainly waning. But in, in short impact engagements like what happened in Libya and um, what's about to happen in Uganda, um, I'm fully in support of them. Um, I think that we if we learned our lessons from the pre previous military engagement in Uganda in 2008, Lightning Thunder, um, and we're able to provide a, a role in the region for coordination and intelligence gathering and so on that I think that um, that may be uh, the very best job that the United States military can do in coming engagements. We can't be involved everywhere. We can't be involved in a large scale everywhere. But certainly operations like Libya and what's going on in Uganda, um, I think, will shape the future of U.S. military engagement. We have a link to an op-ed piece written by Patricia Taft and Nate Haken that appeared in the Christian Science Monitor. You can find it on our show page at WNYC.org. Thank you both so much for being on our first underappreciated segment today. Underreported segment. Uh, it's not underappreciated <laughs> that you were here. Thank, Thank you. you.